All right. Good morning, everyone. So great to be with you this morning, family. Uh, I want to take a second while we're getting the chair situation situated. I feel very convicted after listening to those songs. <laughs> and I'm thinking about when God moves, things happen. And the calling for our soul to do something with it. And I know right now in this church, in this world, in this country, there's a whole lot of hurt and healing that needs to happen. Um, and I, I want to start just by saying a quick prayer for all the things that are happening right now. And if you didn't know, Mark, the reason he's back there playing guitar, he has uh, Bell's palsy, so half of his face is paralyzed right now. Like, I mean, I'm just saying that to say we, we all got stuff going on right now. And um, I think given the nature of what we're talking about today, a prayer for healing uh, across the board is important. Lord, we come to you today. Uh, we don't have tons of answers. We really don't have any answers. And I think in all of us, we are wanting more of you. We're wanting to hold on to you and, and the things that we're doing. And we realize one of the things that makes that hard is whenever life is hard. And we hear about uh, the passing of Don Spencer. And we pray that you be with his family and, and give them rest and comfort and healing in that. Uh, pray that you be with Mark and that he can recover quickly from what he's experiencing right now. And in this world, thinking about uh, Tyree Nichols and, and what happened in Memphis and that whole situation, and thinking about what's happening in Ukraine and the, the war that's going on there, Lord, we just need your healing. This world needs your healing. We, as a church, need your healing. As individuals, we need your healing. And I pray that your healing come and help us to see your goodness, your faithfulness, and your power. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, family. I'm, I'm so happy to be with you today. Um, if you're a visitor, thank you so much for joining us. This is a really wonderful group of people. You're going to see a little snapshot of that today. <laughs> and if you have questions about how to get involved or you want to learn more about this church, tap someone on the shoulder or look for someone with these little nameplates. They'll be able to help give you some information about what's going on here at 4th Avenue. So today we're continuing our series looking at the Gospel of Luke called the Upside Down Kingdom. And it's called the Upside Down Kingdom because whenever Jesus steps into the scene, he flips everything upside down. The way that we have done things in the past is not the way that is really the best way. It's not his way. And today, I mean, it's a great example of exactly that because we are talking about the healing of Jesus. It's really hard to open a page in the Gospels, really, and not see a story of Jesus healing somebody. They are just sprinkled everywhere. And you see Jesus heal people of all sorts of things, right? It could be physical problems, it could be mental problems, it could be spiritual problems, but he is the great physician. He is the one who is the healer of our souls. And we see in these stories that he is both willing and able to heal us, to set us free. 
And I want to be sensitive in knowing that a lot of you in here may not feel that. Maybe you were praying for healing to come in someone's life, and it didn't happen, at least not in the way that you would have wanted. Or maybe you're praying for something that you're wanting God to heal in your own life, and it still hasn't happened. So talking about this subject can be hard whenever we don't have that expectation. I want to be very aware of that. And if you're feeling that this morning, I'm, I'm very sorry. It's a hard place to be in. And we don't know the answer why. We don't know why these things happen, really. God knows. And silver linings don't really help a lot in those situations. But we do have the greatest silver lining of all silver linings, or the golden lining, you might say, in knowing that in the end, God is going to make everything right. God ultimately is going to heal everything. There will be no more pain or mourning or death anymore. That's all going to be done away with. But we see in the Gospels, such as Luke, in his life and ministry, that healing is everywhere. And you know, I could, have, I could have probably picked out one or two stories to dive into with Luke. But I thought, instead of doing that, how much more powerful would it be if you hear of stories of the healing of God in today's world? Because a lot of times we can read these stories and think, wow, that's so great, that happened then and there. And then forget or not have the eyes to see the modern-day miracles that are before us now. And that's why I've chosen these four amazing people to be with us today. And I am super, super grateful that you all said yes <laughs> to my invitation. But they have been, they are a testament to God's healing and to God's freedom. Are they perfect? No, none of us are. But I can tell you just by the little bit that I know these people and the way that they talk, the way that they live their lives, the way that they worship God, it is evident that God is real in their life and God has changed something in them. And I am excited for you all to get the privilege to know their stories. So with that being said, I want to quickly introduce the people to my left, closest to me is Kimberly and Keith Billings. And then we have Steve and Vicki Helgeson with us over there. And I just want to get right into it. I want to stop talking because this is where the show really is. So uh, the question, I'm just going to open it up generally in Billings. Y'all can go ahead and, and start us off. But how have you seen the healing of God? Well, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting used to the mic. Here. Uh, for me, uh, uh, I related to the story uh, in John 5 where Jesus uh, uh, healed a man that was uh, lame for 38 years, had been coming there for healing and uh, going, going away empty. But uh, Jesus uh, came up to him and said, uh, uh, do you want to be well and he said take up your mat and walk and uh, so I can relate to that uh, in my own personal life and, uh, and, and and with my wife Kimberly as well uh, we, we've been both been on a journey uh, with with the Lord from uh, from a young age but we've had our ups and downs and and uh, I'm I'm just gonna uh, kind of read my story because I couldn't figure out the best way to do it. I, uh, but uh, 
I began my journey as a follower of Christ in 1976. I was baptized uh, by Randy Simmons, our youth minister at Rivergate Church of Christ. I was very excited. I was just out of high school uh, about my newfound faith. I pursued this faith like anything else I'd ever done, striving and straining as if I could earn the gift of grace and mercy that God uh, had already said was mine in Christ. There was already, <clears throat> there, there was plenty of fear and doubt and le legalism baggage I was carrying around. I burned out after about 11 years. Uh, I continued to hope and pray to God, reading God's word at times, but out of regular fellowship for about 17 to 18 years. Uh, and after that time period, I, I began to uh, uh, start going to church at Madison Church of Christ with my parents because my parents had started going there. And I'd drive all the way across town from Franklin leave my family uh my wife at that time was uh jean and and uh didn't have anybody in my family wanted to go but but i would go and eventually uh that that uh, turned into uh coming to fourth because i had to find something closer but uh god had already started uh working on my heart and bringing me back uh to a, a place of grace and, and uh, changing my understanding of him. He was beckoning me to pick up my mat and walk. During this time, God began healing me a lot. A lot of misconceptions that I had about who he was uh, and how he does work to transform our lives. Because during that time of being out of fellowship, in isolation, I, I had developed uh, the feeling that I could not ever make it. A few years after Jean, my wife, of 27 years passed away, I met Kimberly and we got married. <clears throat> I was very drawn to her because of her tender heart and her love for God. We prayed and studied scripture together regularly, but she was trapped in addiction and alcohol abuse. We often fought over her drinking, and uh, at nights I would pray, lay praying for her that she could overcome this. And one night uh, after work, I'd come home and uh, uh, I think uh, I had poured her wine out for some reason. Uh, uh, something had happened and, and uh, she decided to go to the liquor store herself. And uh, she ended up getting a DUI that night and uh, getting put in jail. And uh, I, I prayed about it, but I believe this was God's intervention uh, for her to, to get straight uh, after all that I had been trying to do. And uh, God has healed Kimberly and I both in our lives of uh, physically, mentally, we've seen uh, transformation that God has done in our life. And we give him 
all of the glory. Um, but just, uh, I wanted to share a few ways that I have seen God working and him continuing to work in my life and in her life. Um, Jesus is our bondage breaker. He has broken the bondage of self-dependence to God-dependence, from self-sufficient to God-sufficient, from self-reliant to God-reliant, from self-centered to Christ-centered, self-driven to love of Christ-compelled, from self-powered to God-powered, from doubting our identity to a confident child of the King Jesus. Everything I am always points to him. Everything that Kimberly is points to him. Jesus taught us that when he was approached by the rich young ruler. He said, why do you call me good? And Jesus' answer was, you call me good because good comes from God. And that's why any good that comes from us, it's from God. God has blessed our, us in our business. He has blessed us in our spiritual walk with him. Uh, he has changed things that uh, I didn't think could ever be changed. And I'm very grateful to him. I, I want to encourage anyone who's on a rough wilderness road right now that, that God uh, has hope for you. And, and I, I pray that you will realize that as I have had to. Thank you. Kimberly, you mind sharing some of, he, he hit on some points, but I'd love to hear more. Well, let me tell you something. He is still into miracles, and he is still into healing. Um, I had been physically addicted to alcohol for years. I could not not drink. I was arrested for a second DUI on set, uh, February 23rd of 2018. That night, while in booking, I surrendered and asked the Holy Spirit to remove the obsession from me to drink. I, conf I confessed Jesus as Lord, King, and Master over my life and my will. In an instant, I had hope. I was forgiven, accepted, and loved. By God's grace and mercy, Jesus miraculously healed me overnight. It is truly God's healing miracle that I have not had a drink since that night, February 23rd, 2018. Many prayers from family members. My mom, especially, lost her mom to cirrhosis of the liver. She died of alcoholism. She stopped drinking, but it was too late. It passed my mom's generation and hit mine. So many, many failed attempts at stopping drinking, many detoxes. What they said, they had to detox me for seven straight days on Valium to get me off of alcohol because my body was so physically addicted. The Lord said, nope, he healed me immediately when I surrendered my life and will to him. Hmm. And I want to give him all glory and credit right now in Jesus' name. Amen. The only task that the human will never be fatigued by is surrender. I want everybody to know that. 
To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved well, a lot like being loved by God, it is what we need more than anything. I was willing to be changed. Notice, not willing to change, to be changed by him. Whew. I admitted to myself and to God that I was powerless. I had to face reality and that my life had become unmanageable, out of control, and undisciplined. I affirmed that the spirit of Jesus is stronger than my alcohol addiction. I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Holy Spirit is the spirit of him who brought the universe into being out of nothing and who raised Jesus from the dead. How is that for a power greater than myself? Blessed be spirit of God. Let the spirit take control. One of the hardest things to do and the act of my will is <clears throat> is to let the Spirit of God take control. I have to move out of the driver's seat, hand over the keys, whatever the metaphor works for you, and let the Spirit move in and take control. By God's grace, I celebrate five years sobriety, February 24th, 2023. <clears throat> I was baptized at age, age 13. I knew and received Jesus as Savior. But I did not know Jesus as Lord, King, and Master over my life until that night. His pursuit, the hound of heaven, never stopped pursuing me. I was running, but God rescued and shooed me and brought me home. That's what's on my t-shirt. It's Hebrew for, he rescued me and brought me home. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. And, um, phew, uh, never stop praying. My mom never stopped praying. Keith never stopped praying. This church never stopped praying. I want to tell you something about this blue prayer card ministry. Albert Lemons, Patsy Lemons, Sally, and many others who have prayed for uh, our marriage and my sobriety. And I, I'm here to tell you right now, it works. Um, In him, we live, we move, and we have our being, for we indeed are indeed his offspring. He continues to heal. Where I was powerless, I become empowered, in power in this, not by the self, but by the spirit of God. Self-control is not the spirit of the self. It is the fruit of another self, of Holy Spirit. It is creator spirit. When we co cooperate with God's spirit, it is he who produces this desperately needed virtue. It is, it is the spirit of God working in me. I will tell you how he's healed every relationship. My marriage my relationship with my parents, my daughter Chloe, my siblings Nikki and John. He has healed relationships with others in our business. He keeps healing my memory, my depression, my fear, my anxiety, my panic attacks and perfectionism. Walking by the Spirit by relinquishing control to the Spirit is a lot like learning to float on water. It is difficult not because it demands much skill but because it demands much letting go. The Spirit is 
of floating. The secret of floating is in learning not to do all the things instinctively I want to do. Take the initial risk to do the opposite of what it instincts tell me. I want to end by saying a quote by E. Stanley Jones, who I love to read. Our responsibility is to respond to his ability. Praise and glory to him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot my flag. That's my surrender. That's, uh, that's the white flag. That's the white flag. Uh -huh. Only through the blood of Christ. Hmm. That's that my surrender flag. That's my wow. Surrender. That's awesome. Wow, I, I, every morning. I love hearing stories like that. I, it's just truly powerful. And, and a lot of that stuff that God's freed you from is fresh too, right? I mean, it, he's just been moving and working in your life. And I praise God and glorify God for that. That is amazing. All right, Helgesons, how have you seen God's healing? Any of you all want to go next after that? I... <laughs> Well, one of the questions I was asked was, you know, what's your favorite story in, in the Gospels? And, and uh, Vicki says I need to get new material, but I can't get past Luke chapter 8. For some reason, I've been camped out there for years, and the story of Legion is so rich. Um, the Jesus and the boys just came off a pretty rough trip on the sea, and if any of them were like me getting on the shore I probably would have been on all fours throwing up because I'm prone to motion sickness so I'm still waiting for healing for that but but John and Peter look and here it comes and Peter says you take him high and I'll hit him low and this naked guy who's been demonically possessed comes at him and I think only the Son of God knew what was going to happen next. But the story goes on where he's healed. Jesus casts out the demons into the pigs, and that's when spam was invented. <laughs> um, the pork market went belly up. But anyway, um, I'm going to, new material, sorry. <clears throat> I'm going to come back to that in a second. But the story goes on where he's healed. The town hears about it, they come back. Now this guy has been in the graveyard howling. They chained him, he broke through his chains and shackles. They couldn't contain him anymore. And they looked at him and he was fully clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And that's significant for us. Vicki and I were part of leaving the cocoon. Vicki's the executive director, I'm the senior pastor. We work with, uh, ex-offenders while they're incarcerated and help them get out of prison and reintegrate into society as productive citizens and they can't do that without Jesus and one of the problems we encounter is family reunification or reintegration so as the town is looking at this guy and he's fully clothed in his right mind and they're afraid we find that to be very true when an inmate gets out of prison they try to reintegrate with their family there's so much baggage and so much history that it is a tough road to hoe. And that's where we spend a lot of our time. Well, the story goes on. They go back, they want Jesus to leave. The town leaves and Legion says, I wanna come with you. And what does Jesus tell them? He said, no, I want you to 
uh, read your Bible every day. I want you to go to Sunday school. I want you to pray this often. He doesn't tell him any of that, does he? What does he say? Go tell everybody the great things that God has done in your life. Hmm. And I think there's a sermon in there for you someday, <laughs> Kyle. We tend to overcomplicate this. It's that easy, but it can be that hard. Just go tell everybody the great things that God has done for you. Hmm. I want to circle back to Legion for a second because to me this really is a story of isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety, fear. For me, that was 43 years ago when I was asked to either get a new job or get help for my drinking problem. And so I went through a treatment program and I was not healed instantly like Kimberly was. For me, it's a daily process. In my first year of sobriety, I went to 364 meetings in 365 days. I picked a sponsor who I didn't like because he didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. He told me what I needed to hear. Hmm. Things like take the cotton out of your mouth and stick or your ears and stick it in your mouth. Let's go to a meeting one day at a time. Let go. Let God. You need to surrender. By the way, in my life, my experience, and especially with the women that we deal with in prison, it takes courage to be healed. Mm -hmm. And the courage is in surrender. That is the one thing we as Christians need to do. A fool knows how strong he is, but a smart person knows their weaknesses. And if you're contending with anything in your life right now, the first thing you need to do is surrender. You've got to give up. You can't do it on your own. You know, Ty and Thomas really struck a chord with me when they did their thoughts this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about team. I love this team. We love this church. We come here because of who's sitting in these pews and the people that we get to connect with every day. You're authentic. You're real. We carry each other's burdens. We're not afraid to share it takes courage. And if you're sitting there with anything that you're wrestling with, I want to encourage you to get the courage to surrender. Tell somebody. We're all here to help each other. We're all part of the same team. Oh, yeah. Um, as Steve mentioned, we are prison ministers. We're in the prisons with the women, and we follow them on the outside. And I've personally been doing that 22 years. Um, my favorite healing you would not think of as a healing is in Luke 7, where a woman walks into a crowded room, mostly Pharisees, and she goes to his feet and starts crying and wiping his feet with her hair and then breaks open the alabaster box on his feet, and the perfume hits everybody. Well, the Pharisees are, of course, the ugly people at that time in that room, and they're saying, if he knew, if he knew. Well, I would be one of them. I would be saying, oh, if he knew her, he wouldn't let her touch his feet. I'd be just there with them. 
But the reason that story is so close to me is because of the women that I've encountered over the years. I've seen Jesus change. I've seen these women quit believing the lies that they've been told by people that were supposed to love them. For instance, we have a meth addict and a dealer who fell in love with Jesus. And she got her children back, and she also got married this year. Yes. And I've seen Jesus change a woman with multiple DUIs, in and out of prison, in and out of jails. And she is now a lover of Jesus. She writes devotionals every morning and sends them out text-wise with about 40 women. She calls them her tribe. I'm part of her tribe. Hmm. Honored. Her name's Lisa. Please lift her up. She has a horrible breast cancer. But she does this anyway. This is how she gets through it. Loving Jesus. I met a wonderful woman who had third degree murder charges. And she changed and became a follower of Jesus. And she entered into the workforce when she got out after 15 years. And she is second command at the place she works. And she's gone back to college. Another woman turned her cocaine to, um, she took cocaine as a medication because a man who she was supposed to be safe with abused her and raped her and took advantage of her. She fell in love with Jesus also while she was in prison. She has written three books on abuse and is now helping other women in abuse. I met the most wonderful Satan priestess who came to me and said, you know what, I've got to tell you this secret, you're not going to love me anymore. And she told me that she had been a Satan priestess. But when she met Jesus, she fell in love with him because he loved her so much. Hmm. Plus, she saw the power that Jesus had was over Satan's. So she changed. Of course, I just loved her more for it. I loved her story. I don't have their stories. I wish I had their stories. But really, I do. Because I know a Pharisee who fell in love with Jesus. And it was really funny because I don't really like women because women are catty. And what did, what did he do? He put me in a women's prison ministry. Love you guys. Thank, thank you all so much for sharing all of that. And, and though she said she may not have their stories, no one story is the same, right? We all have different stories and not a single story is better or worse than another. They're all stories and all of them can be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And today, our God's alive, <laughs> amen? He is moving, he is working, he is healing today right now and i love hearing stories like this and if you come